Welcome to the One Life Podcast. Being a business owner is potentially the best path to build personal wealth. However, embarking on an opportunity, whether full-time or as a side hustle, is incredibly tough. I believe that understanding finances is integral to the success of your business. The purpose of this podcast is to empower you to understand, manage and grow your business finances and therefore your personal wealth. I invite you to join me every Friday as I share insights and actionable strategies to make your business serve you rather than you serve your business. I'm your host, Andrew Wilson. Welcome to episode four of the One Life Business Podcast. I hope you're well and you're looking after yourselves. Today, I would like to talk about fear and risk and what we can do to start to deal with these emotions. So let's look at fear. Where does it come from? And how do we deal with it? Fear is something we all suffer from. It's natural, it's normal, and actually in some ways it's good to be fearful because it protects us. But I want to talk about fear in a business and somewhat of a personal context. Fear is an emotion that is induced by perceived danger. It's when your perceived resources, so your skills, your ability, your knowledge, are not adequate to meet the perceived demands on you. And the really important word here is perceived. So a financial example would be losing your £3,000 travel card. That's happened to me. Instantly, you are gripped with fear. You haven't got enough money to pay for a new one for a year. You're concerned that you won't be able to replace it. And actually, you really don't want to pay any money out for any travel considering you've paid for one initially. This causes fear. It causes anxiety. It causes stress. And all of these emotions work together and they come up time and time again, both in your personal life and in business. It's not just financial. For example, there isn't a person that hasn't experienced imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is where you believe you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. And it often refers to intelligence or achievement or experience. So an example would be getting up to speak in front of people in your field or your peers in your industry. And doing so can be ever so stressful. It can cause a huge amount of anxiety and fear. The same word again appears, which is perceived. So where you believe you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. So how do we deal with fear and how do we overcome these kind of emotions? And often we're actually afraid of something happening that hasn't occurred. And more than likely, it won't occur. I've never seen a speaker in any capacity heckled, apart from a uh, a stand-up comic, but I've never seen a speaker heckled when presenting to their peers. In business, often fear goes hand in hand with risk. And that's really where I want to take this podcast today. So how do we overcome risk as business owners or potential business owners if you're thinking about starting one? Well, you can't eradicate risk. It's just inherent. Every business owner manages risk when they enter into a business transaction. So it's part and parcel of the daily challenge that a business owner faces. One way to overcome risk and fear is to start small, really. Try to manage the exposure to risk. I'll give you an example. When I started my first business, which was an accountancy practice, my business partner was already in business at the time. He was a sole trader working from home. And when we joined forces, 
I was very clear that we couldn't work from his home or my home. It just wouldn't work for me. What I wanted was a professional business and I didn't feel that that was uh, appropriate working from home. Although I say that, I've been sat here working from home for the last year now. So we began to look for an office. And even though I was the one who drove the search for an office, I was actually really nervous about signing a rental agreement which promises to pay a commercial amount of rent because I hadn't done that before. That, to me, was quite risky. So after searching, we found a number of offices and the first one was about £3,500 a month. The second one was about £2,500 and the third one was just over £1,000. The issue that I had was signing up for a two or three year rental agreement at £3,000 a month when you start a business that will cause you fear and anxiety and it certainly did for me. The questions I was asking myself was, what if I can't pay it? We had at that time to guarantee personally this rental agreement because it was a new business. We didn't have a set of accounts to show them that we were credit worthy. So we had to sign personal guarantees. So at that time, we had three options, three and a half thousand, two and a half thousand and just over one thousand. Now, all of those presented risks, as I've mentioned, but the solution for me was to take small steps. So we took the office that was just over a thousand pounds a month, two desks facing each other because they were the only, only the two of us at the time. Clients would have to come in and sit at the desk with us. But this was in full knowledge that this would create less stress, less anxiety, less fear, because we could cover that overhead, which was just over a thousand pounds. So the fear was mitigated somewhat. It was still present. It was still there. And even though we could afford it based on what was coming into the business, even despite that, the perceived risk and the perceived fear was still present. Although I did think to myself that even if we lost a significant amount of our client base, we could still make it work. We could still pay for this overhead that we had signed up for. And you know what? We did it. And then after two years, we moved to a much bigger office, which was much more expensive. Because of the fear that we conquered with the first office, I felt much less fear, much less risk in relation to signing a second rental agreement, this time for five years. And we also mitigated the risk because we had filed accounts in place. So there was no personal guarantee. So the way I found to overcome fear, risk, anxiety and stress is to take small steps initially, small levels of risk, manage the exposure and manage the risk and then over time, slowly, you become less fearful. And I've learned this by reading and studying human emotion. In the pilot episode, I explained the fact that I have type 1 diabetes. And anyone with a chronic illness knows that every day can be, and often is, a challenge. And fear, anxiety, stress and risk are a huge part of my life, my personal life as well as my business life. And in my experience, after speaking to many people in the diabetes community, taking small steps, education, experience, practice, because there is a fundamental difference between theory and practice. And yes, I'm still fearful of my perceived future. Again, you see this word coming up, perceived. But I do everything in my power to live well. 
And yes, it's scary. And yes, it's worrying um, because of the inherent nature of diabetes. But that perception over time has changed. And I have become, over time, taking small steps. And for those steps to become bigger and bigger over time, I've become more able to deal with the stresses and the strains and the risk that I face each day. For instance, I now use technology. So I'm attached to something called an insulin pump, which gives me insulin 24 hours a day. I never would have even dreamt of doing something like that. I hated the idea of being beholden on technology. You know, I would rather do it myself. But it helps, and it helps control blood sugars. Diabetes kicks your ass at times. That's a fact. Any chronic illness kicks your ass. You know, you have the sleepless nights, the high blood sugars, the low blood sugars, the food you have to eat, the drink you have to, ma to manage. It's a battle. But with the right tools you can absolutely deal with it. So in my case, it's exercising daily. It's eating well. I now eat low-fat plant-based whole food. But a lot of this is mindset, and a lot of business is mindset as well. So personally, I meditate, and I read, and I self-develop, and I'm part of a, a diabetes community that supports one another. And it's really important to surround yourself with positive people. So how do I apply fear mitigation in business? And what it boils down to is finances and money. Surprise, surprise. It's the be all and it's the end all. Holding on to it, using it and building it. But before we get there, I'd like to talk about profit and loss. I want to look at the terminology and I'm going to give you five terms, five key terms. The first one is turnover. Or sales, that's pretty easy to know. That's what you're physically making when you sell products or services. The next term is cost of sales. And cost of sales are those costs that are directly to do with what you are selling. Okay, so if it's a service, it is the cost of providing that service. If it's a product, it's the cost of that product. The next term is gross profit. And gross profit is turnover, minus cost of sales, okay? This is your top line gross profit of providing your service or your products. The next term is overheads, and overheads are costs that businesses have to pay to run, whether they sell anything or not. And the last term that you need to understand is net profit, and net profit is gross profit minus the overheads. It's fundamental to understand those five terms. And as I've said before, the success of any business is measured by your bottom line net profit. So to increase net profit, there's only three things to do. You can increase sales, you can decrease cost of sales, and you can decrease overheads. And just to go back to the subject of this podcast, what we're looking to do is alleviate fear by taking small steps what I'm going to do is run you through a strategy that I use. And with your personal finances, you begin the journey to financial independence by controlling your costs. And exactly the same approach must be applied to your business. So I'm going to run you through the steps to control your costs. And in the process of doing so, it's the first small step to alleviate fear. And that starts to build some momentum. And that starts to build your mindset and your propensity to take on more risk. So pause the podcast, grab yourself a pen and a paper, or open up a spreadsheet on your computer, and we'll run through these steps. 
Step one's an easy one. What I want you to do is print out your last 12 months business bank statements. Step two, turn your page sideways, so landscape. Alternatively, if you've, got, you've opened up a spreadsheet, put that in landscape form. And at the head of each column, I want you to write down a number of overheads of the business. Mobile phone, landline telephone, stationery, insurance, travel, rent, rates, entertainment, motor costs. Motor costs are not travel, okay? We need to separate the two. Computer software and admin staff. And admin staff are those that are not fee-generating staff. Now, step three. This will take you a bit of time, okay? So settle down with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and work your way through the bank statements, line by line, just the expenses. And when you identify an overhead, which is anything that is in your columns that you've already pre-populated, just write down or type in the amount that has come out of your bank account. So the amount of each individual transaction for all of those overheads, motor costs, computer software, mobile phone, etc. Write all of them out right the way through the 12 months. And the reason we do this is because it's so easy to ignore overheads. It's so easy to not really appreciate exactly how much is coming out of your bank account. This way, you're going to get the feel for the amount and the frequency. And as it builds throughout the year, and as it progresses, you're going to be seeing how much you're spending on each individual type of overhead. And that's really important to do. Step four, when you've run through all of the bank statements, you can put the bank statements to the side. And now what I need you to do is add up each of those columns and get to a total figure, a total figure for each of your individual overheads. If there's any overheads that we've missed or that you wanted to separately identify, absolutely put that on the list as well. So that's the initial four steps. And what I'd say about overheads is it's really easy to think that overheads do not need your attention. But if you reduce overheads, then less income is required for you to cover the overheads that you do actually need to incur. And the more money is left in your business to ultimately pay you. So it's a win-win. I like to do this once a year. Now, what I need you to do about each of those individual columns is step five. Ask yourself this question. Does my business need to incur this cost? Could I remove it entirely? I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was going through this process with a client of mine, and in the corner of their office was this water dispenser. And yet, it had papers on it, it had coats on it, it certainly wasn't being used. But they had a monthly recurring amount that was coming out of their bank account for water dispenser, and it was for the rental of it. So nobody was using it, and they got rid of it, and they saved that amount of money. Anything that you deem you do not need to incur, you do need to remove it. The idea is to reduce your overheads as far as possible, okay? So that's step five. Step six, ask yourself, can I reduce my existing overheads and negotiate better deals? There are some obvious ones here. Telephone. With mobile phones especially, what I find is lots of businesses are getting new mobile phones every year, 18 months or a couple of years. Well, actually, 
What you can do, and what businesses have been doing recently, is not replacing the mobile phone itself, and actually just go on to a SIM-only deal. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but £20-£30 a month? That adds up over time. Then I'd look at your rent. Can you renegotiate your rent? At times like this, at times in COVID, lots of tenants are contacting landlords to ask for reductions in rent, mainly because they're not actually attending the office. And equally, lots of landlords are very happy to still have tenants. So what you'll find on the high street is there are other properties and there are more properties that are available. And some of those are available with really good initial, let's say three to six months rent free. It's worth having a look around and it's certainly worth talking to your existing landlord. I'd like you to look at gas and electric. I'd like you to look at your professional fees. And as an accountant, I absolutely think you should look at your professional fees and include your accountancy fees in that. A really good example will be insurance. Many business owners are blasé about how much they spend each year on insurances, allowing sometimes multiple insurances to automatically renew professional indemnity, public liability. The business insurance market is really competitive. You can use online comparison sites. It's really quite quick. If you're a business that needs cover that's not mainstream, speak to a broker. Those guys will source the best options for you. From experience, I know it's worthwhile shopping around. I recently saved £60,000 on business insurance by appointing a new broker who took the insurance to market that hadn't been taken to market for two years. The penultimate step, step seven, is to consider whether you can change an overhead that is currently variable for it to be more fixed. So I'll give you an example here. Some businesses have leased vehicles for staff, which ordinarily you would think is a fixed monthly cost. But if you don't have maintenance included, the upfront payments and the final vehicle damage, such as scuffed alloys and, and damage to the vehicle, the total cost of the vehicle is in fact variable and it can be quite expensive. This can be rectified in two ways. One is that you include things like insurance and maintenance with your vehicle lease cost. And if you do so, then it becomes fixed. Alternatively, what I've seen at other businesses is they've said, okay, look, we have five staff that have uh, company cars at the moment. What we will do is offer these staff a vehicle allowance and the staff can source their own private vehicle. And that turns variable cost into a fixed cost because those vehicle allowances will be the same every month. And therefore, you as a business owner will know exactly what your outgoings are. So the name of the game here is to fix as many of your overheads as possible and understand exactly what your overheads are. And the final step, step eight, is after you've removed any costs that aren't required, you've negotiated better deals with suppliers and you've exchanged variable costs for fixed costs, you reassess, go through the figures that you had before and the figures afterwards and actually see how much money you've saved. Now you may be listening to this and thinking, I know I know all of this, but there's a difference between knowing it and actually doing it. And if you get the fundamentals right, you'll see the difference. And more importantly, you'll feel the difference. This will give you the knowledge. It will give you the control. It will give you the power. And in that, it will give you the mindset. And the mindset here, as we started with, 
was to deal with fear and risk. So imagine if the very worst were to happen, you had no income coming into your business. What you've done with this process is you've reduced your overheads to the smallest amount they possibly could be and you've reduced them to as fixed as they possibly can be. So you have confidence in the amount that you need to cover no matter what you bring through the door. And that, when we get onto something called the cash buffer in the business, will give you the power to understand how much you need in your cash buffer. So remember, fear is an emotion induced by perceived danger. It's when your perceived resources are not adequate to meet the perceived demands on you. So in this case, financially, it would be if you didn't have enough money to cover your overheads. And we don't want you to be in that position. So run through those steps, see how much money you can save. That in itself is really empowering, but also just having the knowledge at the end of it that will give you confidence. For any of you guys that are thinking about starting a business, absolutely run through this same process. But instead of doing it with your existing bank statements, what you guys do is do it with potential costs. Start to research your costs, compile your lists of overheads. This is really important to do because this will give you the knowledge and the understanding of what you'll need to put aside before you can personally take any money from the business. That, guys, was your first call to action. Okay, so I hope you take that on board and I hope you get some benefits from it um, and I hope you had some value from that. So next week, I'm going to have my second guest, Mr. Avic Ray. Now, Avic is a really interesting guy and we're going to be talking a bit more about risk and how time is your constraining factor in a service-based industry. Have a good week, guys. I'll catch up with you next Friday morning. Please don't forget to uh, rate and review this podcast and obviously pass it to your friends and family and hopefully they'll subscribe as well. All right, take care.